Hey everybody, this is Matthew Soltisiak and you're listening to Not The Same Old Lions Podcast. Using my sports casting background, I speak with a variety of guests and interview key players to gain more insight on what makes this team go. As the Detroit Lions enter a new gritty era, we'll look beyond just the kneecaps when it comes to the analysis. Welcome to another episode. In this episode, we're going to discuss Jared Goff's back and what to consider if the Lions are drafting a defensive lineman in the top six for the second year in a row. As we close in on the NFL draft, rumors are swirling in all directions, really. And the Lions, they're in a position where they could do just about anything. One thing being discussed heavily is taking a defensive lineman early. The top two are defensive end Will Anderson and defensive tackle Jalen Carter. Different positions, but both on the D-line. A possible third candidate emerging could be Tyree Wilson, the defensive end from Texas Tech. Now, there's talk that the Lions could trade up to number three for Anderson, or maybe Carter falls to them at six, or maybe both are gone, and if they're unable to trade back, the Lions could or would take Tyree Wilson at number six. Now, considering these are the three guys that are getting some of the most buzz, not counting the quarterback position at the top of the board, I thought maybe it might be worth comparing them to the top three defenders from last year's draft. I took a look at NFLDraftBuzz.com for some overall ratings and rankings, and I compared their numbers. If we look at these three guys coming out this year, we've got Will Anderson rated at a 93.4, Jalen Carter at a 91.9, and Tyree Wilson at an 89.2. Now, what are they saying about Will Anderson? They're saying he's a no-doubt elite-edge prospect, rare, struggle to find any negatives on him. They say he's going to be a top-three pick, and if not, it would be considered a travesty. Next up is Jalen Carter. They see he's also an elite prospect. They said he's always been good at every level, top defensive lineman in the draft, but there are some questions. And folks, we all know what these questions are, and so that does affect things. And then the third person on our board, we're talking about Tyree Wilson. They say he is a top-edge prospect for the 2023 draft, has the size to make him potentially a great pass rusher. They say, but while his speed is good, they don't consider it great or elite, which they believe could impact his play. And they actually expect him to be drafted in the mid to late first round. So, How do we compare these guys with the three who were drafted last year? Well, if you remember last year, a lot of things happened and changed right up to the draft. We had Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, and Kayvon Thibodeau. Walker rocketed up the pre-draft charts just weeks leading up to the draft. Many thought it was going to be Hutchinson and or Thibodeau going one and two. Instead, it was Walker going one to Jacksonville, Aiden going two to the Lions, and Kayvon Thibodeau going five to the New York Giants. So what were their grades or their ratings going in? Well, Trayvon Walker, who went number one, was actually at an 89.6. He had the lowest of them. Aiden Hutchinson was at the highest at a 94.8. Kayvon Thibodeau at a 93.7. So what did they say about them coming out of college? Well, Aiden Hutchinson, the highest rated one, they said he was the most dominant pass rusher in the 2021 college football season. The guy they had rated right behind him, Kayvon Thibodeau, they said he had out-of-this-world athletic ability. And then Trayvon Walker, they said he's an elite combination of size, strength, and speed, but they listed him as a better athlete than a football player. Now, how did these guys do their first season? 
Trayvon Walker had 24 tackles, 20 solo. Hutchinson had 52 tackles, 34 solo. And Thibodeau had 49 tackles with 33 solo. Sack-wise, Walker had three and a half, Hutchinson nine and a half, Thibodeau four sacks, interceptions, Walker had one, Hutchinson had three, Thibodeau had two. So the Lions are obviously thrilled with Hutchinson, right? It's way too early to tell which of these three players will have the best career. But after the first season, you can kind of see some of the returns. Hutchinson had the best stat line, but a number of factors come into play. So it's hard to measure everything on these numbers alone. But we know that three defensive ends came off the board in the top five last year. And it seems in this year's class, Will Anderson is graded right between Hutchinson and Thibodeau. That's very impressive spot to be put. Carter comes in right behind these guys. And then there's Tyree Wilson. He's rated behind all three of the players from last year's draft class. So here are the big questions. Knowing this, does it matter to you? I guess that's the first question. But the bigger thing is, do you trade up to get Will Anderson, knowing how high he is rated and all the expectations that come with it? Most Lions fans would love to get him, but the big question is, at what cost? What would it cost to move up from six to three? Do you sit there and do you hope Jalen Carter falls to number six? If both of these guys are gone, do you take Wilson at six or do you pivot to another position like defensive back? There are so many more variables drafting at the sixth spot than there was at the two spot just a year ago. Now, we're going to be talking about this a lot more in depth in our next show, but wanted to get you thinking about it and get your take. We'd love your thoughts. Comment or message me on Twitter at Matt Soltesiak or on YouTube at Not the Same Old Lions Podcast. Now, let's talk about Jared Goss back because that thing has got to be getting sore right now. It seems that in some people's eyes, this man will never, ever be able to do enough stuff right to get them off of his back. In their opinion, he is not good enough and he never will be. And and this just resurfaced recently with some of the discussions about golf. So it's worth bringing up again. Now, I get it. There, There is a need to be critical at times. And I will fully admit the first half of the 2021 season, his first one with the Detroit Lions, I did see a few nice throws here and there, but I was very underwhelmed by his performance. And the way things ended in La La Land for him before he got traded and stuff, uh, that didn't go over well either. But I also have to reflect back and ask, how much of the whole story do we really know? Do we know all the factors that went into play those last two years in Los Angeles? Things are seldom black and white. There's usually things on both sides that can affect an equation. Now, fast forward back to Detroit. By the end of that first season, my opinion, it started to change a little bit, especially after those last few weeks. We saw a little bit of a change or a lot of bit of a change. During the offseason, I expected, and, and fortunately I was right, about a step forward in 2022. Now, I considered all the variables. I thought about who were his starting wide receivers. Was he learning a new system? Yes. He had just been shuttled off from fun in the sun to the Midwest. Now, I love Michigan, born and raised. I left the state for about a decade, loved my experiences out there, but I chose to come back because I love this state. Not sure how much time Jared Goff has spent around these parts. There's probably an adjustment period to that as well. There were a lot of adjustments, including an entirely new team, a new coaching staff, figuring things out. They weren't just a new coaching staff for him. They were a new coaching staff themselves. So many factors to be considered that we often don't consider. Now, are there limitations to his game compared to a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen and some others? Yes, 
Definitely. But are those the only guys that can win a Super Bowl? I mean, if that's the case, you might as well just make it an eight-team league and tell the others to just go have fun and make them a minor league team. I understand how having those great guys can help. But my answer is you don't necessarily have to have one of those five or six guys. Goff took a big step forward in 2022. Where does that leave us? And can your opinion of him still change? Well, there is still talk that the Lions might take a quarterback in the top six picks of this draft. And hey, it could happen. I mean, after their free agent signings, the Lions have a lot more flexibility than they did six, seven weeks ago. Perhaps if a specific guy falls to the right spot, they could do it. Now, I don't think that's going to be happening with that pick. General Manager Brad Holmes has surprised us before. He could surprise us again. Just recently, people started asking Jared Goff about getting an extension. And there's all the talk. Is he going to get one? Has he been offered one? Should they offer one? No, it hasn't happened. It hasn't. And folks, let's get really real for a minute. It should not happen. Not right now. That would be about the dumbest thing the Detroit Lions could do. About the dumbest. Why? Well, there are multiple reasons for this. One, we are single-digit days away from the NFL draft. Even if you have no intent to draft a quarterback at number six, you don't sign Jared Goff to a long-term deal right now because then teams would know you won't be taking a quarterback at six. And it takes away some of your strategy and your power in that drafting position. Also, remember how bad that contract was for the Rams when they had Goff? They gave us like an extra first-round pick just to take on all of that. I mean, look what they just did with Allen Robinson's contract in the trade with the Steelers. It's funny how things work out. You know that contract for Goff that they gave him, the Rams? It is now considered a good to great deal for the next two years for the Detroit Lions. And if you want a little bit more irony, the La La Rams, they went and gave Stafford a Goff-like contract. And they are now stuck again in a similar situation as the one they were in just a few years ago. But I digress. I do get it, though. The longer you wait to sign Goff, the more it will cost in the end. Maybe. And that's because every time a new quarterback signs a contract, it can potentially raise the bar. But that's only if Jared gets the job done. Now, I have become a fan of Goff. I think the Lions shouldn't be in a rush, though, to extend him. And hear, hear my logic on this one. Let's run it back again this season. Let's see how it goes. So can things continue on the trajectory from last year? Can there be a similar result or even better? Or was that an aberration? If the team likes what they see, they can extend him after this year. He still have a year left on his contract. This falls more in line with what the Lions seem to be doing. Avoid overpaying and overcommitting. Heck, they could have him play out the next two years under this contract. If things go way wrong this year, there's an easier off-ramp if you don't put in an extension now. I don't know if Jared Goff is the long-term answer, but I hope he is, because that means the team is further ahead than expected. They don't have to use extra resources on getting a player. They don't have to develop another player, which takes more time. So some of us want to draft a quarterback early so we can live on that rookie deal. I hear that argument out there a lot. And they don't want to pay a quarterback $40 million a year or more. But there are problems with that. You don't know how good that guy is going to be in the draft. 
Look at the San Francisco 49ers. They gave up three first-round picks and a third-round pick to go get Trey Lance. They're now considering trading the guy or open to trading the guy. So you just don't know how good that guy's going to be. Along with that often comes a learning curve. You already have a system built in place around Jared Goff's talents. Plus, that rookie deal, it's only going to last for so long. Then you're going to have to re-sign them. So understand, it's not a cycle you want to rinse and repeat type thing. At some point, you have to pay a quarterback. We just need to decide if Jared Goff is worth paying. And I think after one more year, we're going to have a better idea of that. So those of you who are saying draft a rookie quarterback so we can not pay them a lot of money and build a good team around them, that happens from time to time, but it's not sustainable. There are some Lions fans who say Jared Goff only did well because the Lions had good talent around him. But doesn't good talent help all QBs? Don't most quarterbacks do worse when they have worse talent around them? What is it that you really want to see from Jared Goff? Do you want the Lions to put some bad guys around him again and see how well he can do with subpar talent if people are dropping the ball? Now, are there some quarterbacks who can carry a team? Yes, there are. That number is very limited, very small. But can you win without those guys? I believe you can. Let's let's maybe get off Jerry's back just a little bit. Just give him one more season in Detroit. That's what I'm asking for. I've broken down the numbers on his stats in previous episodes. Check out episode 9 from March 1st about Jared Goff. I break down some really good numbers in that one. And I know there's a lot of variables. We've discussed them at length already. I know Jared Goff is not perfect. But I believe him to be a top 5 quarterback in the quarterback weaker conference that is the NFC. But to be a top 5 quarterback in the NFC is still a pretty good place to be. So let's see how it goes. If the numbers don't add up for you, him, the team, then next year the Lions could reassess. Sure, they won't have the same draft capital. But should we be careful about pulling the plug too quickly? What would it take for Jared Goff to win you over? Does he need to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? Does he need to be top 5? Is top 15 good enough? Can he win you over? Or Is there another factor that you're looking for that Jared Goff simply does not possess, like a mobility factor, that you say this is a deal breaker, there's no getting over it? Is there something so obvious that I have missed? Let me know. I would love your thoughts on this. Message me on Twitter at Matt Soltesiak or comment on YouTube at Not The Same Old Lions Podcast. My hope is that Jared Goff is the guy going forward because that means we can continue to use our resources, put more resources around him. That's our show on Jared Goff, where he's at, what to expect, why the Lions might be doing some of the things they're doing, as well as a look at some of those defensive linemen the Detroit Lions might be considering picking very early in the first round of the draft. We're going to have another episode where we really break down the Detroit Lions draft expectations, so keep an eye out for that. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. Please subscribe to Not The Same Old Lions podcast to get alerts about new episodes. Also, follow me on Twitter at Matt Soltesiak. And until next time, stay gritty, my friends.